Welcome back to another episode of 5 a.m. Theology. So Chris, every year around this time in our chronological Bibles, we finish up the Old Testament and we start the New Testament. And I love the Old Testament, but I admit when we get to the New Testament this time of year, I love it. I just, I love it. It's a lot easier reading, let's be honest, especially coming off of all the prophetic books at the end of our Old Testament reading. But we also get to see so many things talked about in the Old Testament that we just spent nine months reading about get fulfilled in the New Testament in Jesus. And I especially love the first couple of weeks in the New Testament because I love being in the Gospels. And I really love that in the chronological Bible. And that might be my favorite readings in the entire year. I want to talk about a passage that's found in Matthew. It's a pretty famous passage, but I want to talk about it from a different perspective. And the passage is in Matthew 4, 1 to 11. Luke 4, 1 to 15 has it too. And it's only two verses in the book of Mark in chapter one. Okay, so I'll read it. Here it is. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all of these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Most of us probably heard this passage, probably heard it preached on. We see a tired and hungry Jesus. He's spending 40 days in the wilderness, which wasn't like a lush forest. It was more like a desert. And he hasn't eaten anything. He doesn't eat for 40 days. And during those 40 days, he's tempted by Satan. And usually when we hear this passage taught, it's to show us that Jesus has been tempted in many of the same ways that we're tempted with. And that's true. And we're going to talk about that. But Chris, there's a few other questions that this passage should raise. Since Jesus is fully God, and since he has complete dominion over Satan, why did he allow Satan to tempt him? Why didn't he command Satan to stop before it even started? And maybe the bigger question that this passage should prompt is, can God be tempted? And those are all good questions, and I've heard them before from many people. And they're definitely questions that we should meditate on and find the answers to. Yes, Jesus has two natures. He is both fully God and he's fully man. And that was true when he walked the earth and is true today and it will be true for all eternity. And also, yes, since he is fully God, he does have complete dominion over Satan. And we see examples of this. One example of this is Mark 5, where Jesus exercises a legion of demons from a man. When he does, the demons cry out in Mark 5, 7, 
What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I assure you by God, do not torment me. So they know who he is and he does have dominion over them completely. So make no mistake about it. Anybody out there that's listening that Jesus has complete power and authority over Satan. And he certainly could have stopped him from tempting him. So that answers that question. But why didn't he stop him? And this answer is usually what we hear preached on this passage. Hebrews 2, 17 and 18. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So Jesus allowed, and like you, like you said, Chris, make no mistake, he was allowing it. He allowed himself to be tempted so he could have empathy with us. When Jesus forsook his glory and came to earth as a human, he came mainly to be a propitiation or atonement for our sin, like the passage says. Because we're human, there had to be a human sacrifice to appease God, and it had to be a perfect human to satisfy the wrath of God for our sin and to reconcile us to him. So redeeming his people was Jesus's main mission, but he did have secondary missions. Teaching us how to live separate and godly lives, for example, was definitely a mission of his. He, that's what the whole Sermon on the Mount is. He also came to be the intercessor between God and us. And what better way to do that than to understand what it's like living in the flesh like we have to every day. Right. So Jesus didn't stop Satan from tempting him because he's showing us that he truly does understand everything that we go through and every way that we are tempted. It's, that's comforting. He's been there. And he uses that temptation to show us how we should respond to temptation, especially temptation by Satan. In other words, Jesus showed us exactly how we are to engage in spiritual warfare. A Christian radio station has a devotional up called, Did You Know You Have Authority Over Satan? And Rose, in it, they said that we can bind and stop the devil by saying this, Satan, in the name of Jesus, through his shed blood, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God, I come against you. I resist you and every demonic spirit. I command you to get away from me and my family. I command you to leave. Rose, that's not even close to how Jesus deals with his temptation by Satan, therefore showing us how we should deal with it. Exactly. And you're right, Chris, that's not how we should deal with it. The text you read says with every temptation Jesus faced, he used the word of God to fight back. And this is the part that's often familiar to us. Satan tempts a hungry Jesus with food. Jesus answers with Deuteronomy 8.3. Man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Satan tries to be a little craftier and actually uses scripture taken out of context to tempt Jesus. He quotes a couple verses out of Psalm 91 to tempt Jesus to show off his ability to do miracles by throwing himself off the temple so the angels would come and save him. And again, Jesus responds with scripture, Deuteronomy 6.16, although he uses scripture in context, you shall not put the Lord God to the test. And then the third temptation that we're told about is when Satan tempts Jesus to give in to evil for earthly glory and power. And we see Jesus has had enough by this time. 
and says, be gone, Satan. And again, he uses scripture to rebuke him. Back to Deuteronomy. He uses Deuteronomy 6.13. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. I didn't hear one phrase like, I come against you and I resist you and every demonic spirit. I command you to get away from me and my family. If anyone could have said these things, it would have been Jesus, not some Christian radio show or us. Jesus could have stopped this from the very beginning. He could have stopped it before it began, but he didn't. Because besides showing that he empathizes with us, he also is teaching us how to respond to temptation. And that's with the word of God. And Paul reiterates this in Ephesians 6, when he breaks down the armor of God that we've been given and need to put on to fight these spiritual battles, including temptation. It all points to using the word of God, which is sharper than any two-edged sword, according to Hebrews 4.12. In other words, this is our most effective weapon. So what's with all this other stuff? That's right. That's right. If Michael the archangel said he didn't even rebuke Satan, he uses the word of God and leaves that to Jesus. Who are we to think we should be doing this? Chris, the last question we asked that this passage raises, can God be tempted? Well, that answer is an absolute resounding no. James 1.13 says, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Jesus is fully God. So this verse is about Jesus. Jesus, fully God, cannot be tempted. So does this leave us with a contradiction in Scripture? Well, we know there are no contradictions in Scripture. Jesus, fully God, was not tempted by Satan. Jesus, fully man, was. And this is the same principle behind Jesus being hungry and tired, having to walk everywhere, not knowing the exact time that he would be coming back and dying on the cross. None of those things apply to Jesus fully God. God doesn't get hungry and tired. He doesn't have to walk anywhere. He's omniscient. So of course he would know when he's coming back. And God absolutely cannot die. And here's where this gets really complex and it's hard for our minds to fully grasp and we probably really can't even fully totally grasp it. But Jesus voluntarily imprisoned himself in flesh when he became fully man. He could have used his godly attributes at any time, but he chose not to. He put himself in submission to the father and chose not to. Yeah, but we do see him using godly attributes at time. We see him do that when he performs miracles or heals people. But never, never once does he use his godly attributes for his own good. He only uses them to show the power of God and for the glory of God. So in this Matthew passage, Jesus fully God is in no way being tempted with anything because he can't be. But Jesus fully man was tempted. And as he did everything perfect while he was on earth, he responds to those temptations perfectly. He responds using the word of God. And that's a great place to end today. If you want to dive into the subject of Jesus accomplishing being both fully God and fully man, you can check out our episode in No Trash, Just Truth, episode eight called one plus one equals one. 
We also get into this a great deal in our book, No Half-Truths Allowed, Understanding the Complete Gospel Message. So check that out too. Have a blessed morning, everybody. Thank you.